0: How oh, long you looked out here? Man, I don't know. I quit wearing a watch when I moved out here. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah. No, like, my cell phone has a clock on it, so I don't really need it. Right, so basically the same thing.
1: How old are you?
2: I don't really believe in age or numbers. You know, I don't... I mean, if you had to put a number on it, I guess I'd be 44. Fuck.
0: Thanks for taking me out here,
3: yeah. This is the first time I've felt good in three weeks or so. You need to get back on that board is what you need to do. Yeah? Hey, here's the deal. When
2: life gives you lemons, just say fuck the lemons and fail.
3: Yeah, no,
0: you said it, totally. You gotta just pull yourself up by your wetsuit, get back on that board. Hey look man, if you're attacked by a shark, are you gonna give up surfing? Probably, yeah.
2: Let's go in, alright? Tacos are on me.
4: episode 44 the brotherly love sports podcast we are going to release the isaiah miles interview our first nba player on the bro love cast we are going to do shit that happened in 60 seconds and then we're going to recap some summer league and talk about some things that have been happening in the
2: sports world Good afternoon, guys. Uh, nothing much. We've got uh, the Brotherly Love podcast mascot, Shay uh, Corcoran, in the house. Just Went on a nice long walk. To uh, I didn't go in the dog park because I don't really like the dog park. It's kind of like a bunch of weird people, dogs biting each other. Everyone's like, this smells like crap. You know, the, why not a big, big
0: dog fan? So why are those people
2: weird? I just feel like I don't know. There's a lot of posturing in the dog park. Like it's a, it's like everyone's trying to be seen. Everyone's trying to, to like kind of put their dog out there as the cool dog in the park. You know, there's always a couple mean dogs, but their owner doesn't know that they're mean. So you got to be careful for that. It's just too much commotion. I just want to have a nice peaceful walk.
4: And I will say, Shay Corcoran, my cousin Ryan's dog, is my favorite dog in the entire world. She's smart. She's beautiful. She's fun. She's. She behaves. She's great. She's overrated.
0: You think so? No. I mean, I just, anytime someone talks about dogs, I just say negative things about them because people get so mad at me when I say it.
4: Well, speaking of dogs, I was uh, a little bit hungover this morning, and I was watching My Dog Skip, and that movie makes me tear up a little bit every time. Do you guys have any movies that make you tear up?
0: That actually was the, that in Hoosiers. I cried in Hoosiers, but that movie, I cried at. Um, when he died. Poor, poor Skip. Yeah, Hardball.
2: Hardball when G-Baby <laughs> dies. And Keanu Reeves gives the uh, speech at the funeral. That's pretty emotional. You the Cucumbus? Uh, the Cucumbus? Yeah, bitch, yeah. we the Cucumbus?
3: That's some <laughs> weak-ass bullshit, you bitch-ass motherfucking busters.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Any other movies? Um, Passion of the Christ. I Always, <laughs> I always Cry. Uh, Toy Story 2. Toy Story 3. <laughs> <up and> <laughs> <laughs> Toy Story 3, when that's they play, you got a friend
4: that's, that's, uh, yeah. that makes me cry a little bit. Well, the Toy Story
0: 3 was great because, like, well, great. It was emotional because Andy pretty much was our age and we went to college that same year he did. Right. And he left his toys behind. And it was a reminder for us, Ian, to leave our toys behind and go into young adulthood. Well, speaking
2: that's of leaving my, the movie, the movie Chef, Chef's also a great got teary-eyed. Movie. In. What's Chef? It's uh, with John Favreau. He his, he starts the uh, food truck with his kid, and they travel around. Oh, shit, I've never heard of it. It's a great movie. Oh, oh, that's a must see. No, no, I'm going to IMDb it. It's in fan- moment. Oh, it's
4: fantastic. he still hasn't seen Pulp Fiction.
2: Um, no, I think no. Chef's better than Pulp Fiction. What? Yeah,
0: uh, they seem. I like, said it. <laughs> they seem like
4: tremendously different movies.
0: They though. are, they are. Like, two very different movies. I yeah. love
4: John Favreau, though.
2: Yeah. Hey guys,
0: if we're going to watch anything got to be Game of Thrones, man. I'm rewatching the series. It's great. Spoiler alerts. Turn <laughs> off. I'm going to recap everything right now. Listen, I just, I, I think the one scene, Ian from The Mountain and the Viper, the, the climactic scene, one of the best scenes I've ever seen in television. It's pretty it was fantastic, man. Great yeah. show.
2: One it of the best shows ever, probably. Yeah. Probably yeah. my favorite bisexual character in any, <laughs> in any film or TV show.
4: You raped my sister.
5: You murdered her. You killed her children. Say it
0: now and we can make this quick. Uh,
5: yes. The Viper. Prince Oberyn. Yes. Prince Oberyn. Yeah,
2: my favorite uh, of the bisexuals. What so.
0: other bisexual character can you identify? Like, the Pope. I, the, the Pope? In a movie?
3: <laughs> <laughs> In a movie? I was like, what?
0: Are you talking about the TV show? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying yeah. to think. like yeah, what, the young, what the other young Pope, pope? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, The Young Pope, the young pope. okay. Uh, that movie, that show was strange, Weird. man. Yeah, I Weird. watched an episode of it, it was strange. I'm going to be thinking as we go along to see if any, uh, any people who are bisexual... Oh, the water boy? Uh, the, the water boy himself. Yeah. Because he
2: sees a I lot see, of guys. I see, a, I see a lot of guys, too. <laughs> yeah.
4: And I like Vicky, and she likes me back. And she showed me her boobies, and I like them, too. Alright, nice. Well guys, like Andy, we must leave some things behind like our conversations. Let's move uh, on about to right. the Isaiah Miles interview. Eggy, anything to say prior to playing this back?
0: Uh yeah, I mean I was I was really excited to have him. I mean we're we're really excited to have him. I think this is a this is a great step for us. I mean we've had some really good guests and I think Isaiah just continues the trend. Um, Isaiah, I think for the listeners is really important to hear about because he's not just here playing for the hometown team, um, and he's he's probably going to be fighting for a spot in training camp here coming up uh, in a couple months. But he is a very interesting uh, perspective because he's a fringe guy. Um, even since you know I got out of college, or we did, you know the the concept of a two way player, the contract, and the opportunities. That are in the G League to get to the league are a lot more vast. So Isaiah has some pretty good insight on what it means to be a guy that's right there, you know, so close but could be yet so far. Um, so, needless to say, I, I think he was—he's fantastic. Plus, he was—you know—he's—he's he's our guy. You know, he's a St. Joe's guy. So,
2: I'll talk about St. Joe's guy any day. You know. So. Why do they call? What does the G stand for? I was just thinking. What does the G stand for? Gatorade. In- <laughs> Really? Gatorade is the main sponsor. So. No. Are you frail?
0: hmm
2: Wow. Interesting. Yep. yep. All
0: right.
1: Well, let's play that interview. Here it is. Greetings, everyone. This is A.U. with the Brotherly Love Sports Podcast. Today, we're joined by professional basketball player Isaiah Miles. Isaiah just completed his second stint with the Philadelphia 76ers in the NBA Summer League. He averaged 10 points and six rebounds and five appearances there. Originally from Baltimore, Isaiah played his college ball in Philadelphia at St. Joe's. Helping the Hawks to two Atlantic 10 championships in his time there. He holds the school record for the highest free throw percentage and was the Atlantic 10 most improved player of the year as a senior. I also knew him to enjoy the occasional chess match, and he goes by Zeke for short. Isaiah, welcome to the program. Did I miss anything in that introduction? No man, you, you said it both. You said everything. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right, <laughs> so, so so as we were saying on the um, on the phone before we started, you know we played together, Isaiah and I did. Um, you know, we played together for two years, and, you know, you especially did a wonderful job. Uh, when I got out of there, we were locker buddies, right? It was me, uh, and then you to my left, and Ronald Roberts to our right. So we had a good crew, yeah. and so, uh, yeah, so I'm so happy to have you on the podcast. Um, this is the Brotherly Love Sports podcast. I did. Some call it the new voice of Philadelphia sports. What do you think about that? The the, the new voice of Philadelphia sports?
5: Yeah. I, feel I, like I agree that. with that. I, I, I agree with that.
1: You know, the right. really no. love, love basketball. <laughs> that hey man, it's it's all good. So let's just jump right into it. So I know this has been another busy summer for you. Can you walk us through not your first but second experience as a member of the Sixers in the NBA Summer League? Say again, Brown You're breaking up. No, you're fine. Yeah, just uh, just tell me about your experience here with the Sixers this summer. I know you've had a busy summer. So, uh what was it like going back with the uh, organization for the second time? This is your second year in a row with them, right? Yeah, it's my second year.
5: No, it was it was good, man. It was a, a blessing. A, you know, great opportunity to be invited back from last year. Uh you know, it's still more comfortable this year. You know, a lot of dudes on the staff. Um O'Brien I mean, uh, John Bryant, uh DJ, Dwayne White, uh he, he uh I mean, Wayne Johnson. I'm sorry, he, he played. You know, both alumni from St. Joe's. So you know, having those dudes on my team, I mean, having dudes on the staff was more comforting. Uh, I think dudes on the team and dudes on the staff were comfortable with my game and knew how I played. So you know, it wasn't. It was more. It more came natural this year, this go around. You, you know, they knew about me. You know, I didn't have to do too much to impress them. They got only kind of do what I could and cannot do. So I couldn't. I knew what to focus on going into
1: the league. No, I, I feel you, and I think just comfort level is so interesting because I haven't seen you play in a few years, you know. And I, I loved your game because, you know, at about six seven, are you, you know, program height maybe six seven? As I should I give you six eight? What, what I,
5: that I, I go, I go, I go by six eight, brother. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm, I'm six five with my shoes on. That's what I say. So, so you know, standing at that height, you got great length and your ability to pick and pop. Especially on the offensive end, has you know was lethal for you in college, and now I'm sure it's translated well for us pro. Um, how does your game lend uh, yourself to putting the ball in the hoop at the pro level, especially this summer in the summer league?
5: Um, just being able to space the floor, uh, you know, having those those slower fours, those slower maybe your fives, so end up you know, me, you know that's, that's a long run after hitting out on the screen, and not just that. It allows my teammates to you know open up for themselves when you face the floor it 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 gives that defender more space and an extra step to come in from the help side. So just having that pressure and always having that thought that I can't leave the off and fight the upper four three, that it gives the my teammate who are maybe a slasher or a driver the you know, opportunity to create for themselves. So just I feel like just being out there is just you know, it's good when you
1: with the ball and without the ball. Absolutely, and and I really like your ability to be able to, you know, we said to pick on top, but you also can move without the ball pretty well. Um, you know, I saw you had 20 points against the, the Suns. Now, you mentioned there are a lot of big forwards out there, like you know, Aiden, for instance, who was number one pick. You know, you were going right at him, right? Um, yeah. What about, you know, so he's a bigger guy. How does your game compare to, like, his game? You know, it, it seems like the offense, the way that the NBA is moving, your kind of game could be more complementary to that. I mean, am, am I seeing that in, a, in an overly simplistic manner, or would you agree with that?
5: Uh, I mean, I agree. Uh, I mean, he's a bigger dude. Granted, very strong, and he's also skilled, but again, I, I think I'm more, a little bit quicker than how he is. Uh, again, I was matched up with, uh, Dog and Bender, I mean he's a seven one four. I mean I'm a six eight, so it was kind of more uh, difficult for him uh, to to you know keep up with me. And on the defensive end, I think I bothered him a little bit on the wing because again I'm so I would say I'm a little bit quicker in my defense. So it was I, was, I kind of bothered him a bit on the wing and for him to put the ball on the floor, so I made it a little bit uncomfortable for him. And that's what the coach you know preached in uh, the locker room for the game was you know just crowd the ball. You know, a lot of these dudes, a lot of these days, aren't comfortable putting the ball in the post, You know, just make them more comfortable a little bit. So I think it's it, it coming to my benefit. If I'm not the strongest, I'm at least kind of, maybe most of the time, the quickest. So I think uh, that's a big, you know, ad that I've been working on with my game and my lateral speed. So I think that helps me out a lot.
1: Okay. Yeah. So um, you were second on the team in scoring behind, and I'm going to mess this guy's name up. Furkan Korkmaz. You just call him Fur. No, you said, you said that right. I call him. Yeah, we call we call him Fur. Right? Everybody calls
5: him Fur. Like, you said that right. <laughs> <I'm doing very laughs>
1: right, dude. I was before I got on. I was like Furkan Korkmaz. I did the. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> you said, that right. You said it very right. I was so, calling him
5: Furkan for the past two years, so he finally came to me and said, "Bro." My name is not Farrakhan. <laughs> I
1: like, Oh, oh, Farrakhan. Not Farrakhan. Yo, he thought he thought you were calling the Rick Ross on team, man. Yeah, but, yeah. No, but, I mean,
5: Farrakhan's a dope name. I mean, I don't want to have that name, but you know, he, he did ain't like it. He wanted to be called Fur <laughs> or oh, Furcon, so <laughs> <laughs> I respect it. You was calling I mean, Fur C Farrakhan, I like that. So
1: <laughs> yeah, so he was personally in your team and scoring um, you were second, of course, which is pretty impressive, man. I mean, I, I, of course, believe in your ability to score. How, like, gratifying is it for you to go and play with, you know, guys that you know will be in the league um, and, and just showing out? Like, like, what was it like playing with uh, guys, you know, that are going to be, you know, you know they signed already into the NBA? Um, where, where do you see yourself with those guys, I know as a competitor, you walk into a gym and you're like, yeah, I can play with anybody. But yeah. you know, realistically, with your goals and stuff, how do you feel about playing with the prospects? Um, you yourself as a prospect and just going each day. What's your mentality, you know, in the summer league? I mean, it's a it's a confidence
5: booster. Warren, it's just you know, you you when you play in this league and that sport, you gotta have some type of some type of cockiness to you. Of, uh, you know, some players have more than others. We have to have some type of confidence, some type of confidence in your game. So like you said, everybody hitting a gym thinks they're the best one there. So, that being said, I mean, it, it, it kind of boosted my confidence because I already, you know, felt like I, I could measure up to a lot of those guys out there. But when you actually see this done, it's like, like, wow, like you see it firsthand that, you know, all your hard work's paid off. And it's like, wow, I can beat games. It's like, wow, I could actually, like, I could do this. Like, I can, you know, i I'm, I'm ready for this. So, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a good feeling knowing that you know, all your hard work is actually starting to pay off a little bit. You know, uh, you see them on TV and you think oh, that these, these dudes are huge, but then you go, you're on the court, sizing up, and like, I mean, we're in the same place. You know what I'm saying? So, it, it's, it's, it's relieving. It's relieving. This is It's a good feeling.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and and of course, I'm biased, you know, towards our guys from St. Joe's, but I think if you look back at our team, you know, from my senior year, for instance, when you were a sophomore in that 2014 year when we lost to UConn in the first round, for instance, I mean, if you you go down our roster, we had some really good players. Uh, I would say, like, over half the team are pros right now, and, you know, when I left, you know, you really took a next step. What was it? And, and I'm sure, I'm sorry, you know, you've probably had a million people ask you this and stuff, but I don't know. Like, from a teammate's perspective, I always, you know, look to you to be able to hit open shots. Um, you know, if you were coming off the bench, you know, we didn't have a very deep bench at all with during that time. And I think when you were a senior, you guys were, had a pretty limited bench as well. But what, when you were a senior into, in college, like like what was your real big change in terms of taking it to the next level? Because you had a great stat, you were efficient as hell. I think your numbers in terms of minutes played stayed like it was it was pretty similar, but you were adding like you know like six points or something to your. I forget a stat. It was just it was just streaming efficiency. So what did you do? You know what, what did you do in that time period? to, uh, like, take the next step? I got my body right. Uh, I lost 20,
5: 25 pounds last summer going into my junior and senior year. I said, you got a beach body, man. Nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Working <laughs> my body, man. Make sure I was in shape. Laid off the cheeseburger. The bacon thing from Wendy's. Uh, and I think just my confidence kind of rose because, You know, from my sophomore year to my senior year, I think I was a big lead, just just my mentality kind of changed. It was just, like, my sophomore year, I was kind of, like, nervous a lot. You know, like you said, I'm coming off the bench. I wasn't playing as much, so, you know, I didn't want to make mistakes. And when I did make mistakes, I often got pulled and sat on the bench and didn't play the rest of the game. But, you know, my senior year was a, all right, I want to play this game for a long time, I want to be a professional, it's time to – i to suit him up, like you know what I'm saying, like you know, no, no, no holding back. On. This is not my last chance. And like you said, the beat our bench wasn't that deep, so it was just a, it's a confidence thing. Just to, if I mess up, I mean, we're not that deep, so who, who am I? Who's gonna come get me? You know what I'm saying? So just that. That, that and Coach gave me that confidence in the, you know, the pregame or pre-season speech when he brought me to my office. He said that he sees me as the most improved player. Having that confidence from a coach like Martelli. It it, it, it kinda of boosted my morale and it, it just made me out there and think you know, if I make a mistake it's fine. Like it's part of the game. So having that confidence it really I think it showed a lot too in a lot of my games. It's was, it was a big change mentality wise from my sophomore year to my senior year.
1: I couldn't agree more and, and I think for for the listeners who might not be as privy to what happened in two thousand fifteen to sixteen for the St. Joe's Hawks St. Joe's had come off a tough year the year before. DeAndre Bembry was the leading scorer, but Isaiah really rose to prominence and made a hell of a one-two punch for them. Isaiah was the leading scorer for the team, averaging about 19 a game, and he was uh, set the single-season single record, I believe, for foul shooting percentage. He was the most improved player in the, uh, in the conference. St. Joe's wound up winning their second Atlantic 10 title in three years, over VCU, who we hate. VCU, man, they're a pain in the ass. I'm glad you guys beat them. And then, um, and, and I, th- I think this situation really talks about it. You look at game-winning shots, and it's like, okay, well, you know, of course that's going to stand out. But in terms of what you were talking about, dude, I see that shot you made against Cincinnati in the first round of the NCAA tournament as, like, the epitome of your consistency. Because I think I was looking up your stats. I think you had 19 points that game. And the 17th, 18th, and 19th points you had, or something like that, where that game went, right? And and that that to me was just like such a testament uh, to the work that you did uh, to be the kind of consistent player that you were. And of course, you know, you guys wound up, you know, having a tough loss to Oregon, who was the, the first in that region that year. And it was just such a fun team to follow. I think you guys were really exciting and. I think it's awesome to hear how momentum, dude, how it can be so emasculating, I feel like, to be sitting on the bench, right, in college. Like, we go to practice every day, and if you're not given a chance, then, like, you're not you're not given a
5: chance, and you feel like... Exactly, oh, and man, then boy. that's where my dad, he, you know, props to him, because I didn't even know he did this, but, you know, my freshman sophomore year, when I wasn't playing as much, he came to Phil and went in his office, and he said, look, like, I'm not the parent who's going to... Beg for you to give my son playing time. My other parents, when I'm starting to leave, you don't play him. You know, he doesn't deserve anything. I mean, he doesn't, Uh, he's not, he's not owned anything. You don't have to, you don't owe him anything. But all I ask is that you give him opportunity, And, you know, that's all, that's also on these sometimes. Just a, a small opportunity to, to show what they can do. And for me, I was given an opportunity and I was able to, I'm good with it.
1: <laughs> yeah, no doubt, dude. And that's so gratifying because I can't agree with that more. Like, like I would agree, you know, in terms of, I looked at you, right, like body's a big thing or like speed. Like, I think a lot of taller guys, they needed to work on that and maybe you were in that camp. But I always look at you, I was like, what is it that, you know, you know what I mean? There, There is very little in between you being successful and anything but just giving a chance because, like I said, that 14 year that we had, you know, we played five guys. You know, we were like the only team in the country, I think, that played five guys for like 30-plus minutes or some crazy salad. Yeah. So, no, really, a lot of guys on our bench I thought were able-bodied, but just weren't getting that chance. So, so you've capitalized on that, right? And you've kind of, you know, buttressed that to, you know, a few good years here um, in the professional ranks. So, you were just in France uh, in your first year, and then now Turkey in your second year. Dude, what is it like playing, quote-unquote, overseas, man? You know, my family's Austrian out there. I've been to Austria a few times, man. I was thinking maybe, you know, I can try to dust the cobwebs off, maybe lose some (laughs) pounds myself, playing Austria a little bit. Hey, man, you've got an Austrian passport, anything's possible. (laughs) (laughs) So, one can dream, man. What what is it like playing uh, overseas, like now, you can talk tactically, or if you were just talk about what it's like living in, I don't know, we're, we're Dijon, France, is that like a town? Yeah. Okay. All right, um, so okay. how was that?
5: <laughs> Dijon and Turkey were two completely different experiences. Uh, Dijon was small. I'm talking about living-wise, it was a small city. Uh, people there were polite. They were polite and nice. Uh, but again, a whole new world. Because rarely anyone speaks English. Uh, I mean, I took a few Spanish classes here and there, but not French. But you can kind of make out what French people are saying when they speak your French because it kind of <laughs> sounds kind of Spanish. Yeah, yeah, Turkey, I said. Turkey, you have no idea what anybody was saying without <laughs> speaking English. So, I mean, it was a completely different experience. Uh, Basketball wise, I would say. France was more, I would say, an athletic league. Granted, over there, everything is like, like it's kind of like simple. If you can think about basketball, it's simple. It's fundamentals because no one over there is that athletic. But France, they had a lot of athletic imports. So a lot of dudes over there was long, athletic, bouncy, so that type of play. But in Turkey, everyone there was like, all strong white dudes. Like not athletic, but all <laughs> yeah. fundamentally sound, all just like like big like all like
1: Halil kind of yeah, yeah, that's how I was saying our forward our forward teammate Halil, right? <laughs> yeah, they're all all played like that.
5: So I mean two different experiences. Uh I think each one got me better. I think I played with more pros or like elite pros in Turkey. I had T J Watson. Who played ten years in the league on my team? I had uh Jordan Hamilton who's been about three years in the NBA. So I have had any, any NBA players that played against any NBA players in uh France, but in Turkey I played against uh Bynum. My name is Bynum, he played with the, the Pistons. Okay. He was a, a, point, a point guard for the Pistons, I forgot his first name. Bynum, Will Bynum against him. Uh So, I you mean, know, you played a lot of pools. He played these dudes who had a higher chance of, you know, first year out at the NBA or being in the NBA. So, I mean, the, the competition and the skill in Turkey was way
1: higher than I would say it is in France. Okay. All right. No, that, I mean, that's, that's fascinating, man. And, and now you're, like, the end of July, uh, you just had another good NBA summer league experience, which the summer league, I feel like, since even when you were playing with Dallas your first year, it's changed like tremendously, right? Now it's like everybody's out there at the whole whole thing. Um yeah. so so you did a good job. What what's your like next step? Is, you know, what do you what do you want? Of course, you know, maybe it is you know, I, maybe everyone's like, Well, of course you want to just, you know, find a team here in the NBA or this or that, but I I don't know. Sometimes sometimes you have a good situation in Turkey or France or it- Italy. I know an Italian team's looking yeah. at you. What are your what are your next steps? Like what do you hope uh you know is the next segue for uh, you know, your season coming up here in two thousand eighteen and nineteen? Um right now I'm just waiting to see the move that the
5: fixers am making. Hopefully they can help me a two way. That's my goal. Um they already extended also having a exhibit tent, Which is uh you know, fifty thousand to go to some I mean training tent, which is kind of a place like the Lee. But okay, okay. I'm, trying to, I'm trying to reach out for that two way contract. They still have, I'm still like on like a waiting list basically for it because they're still making moves. I know Rashawn Holmes just got traded this morning to the Sun. And-
1: oh, hot take, and- man! I didn't know that.
5: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah <laughs> so, Yeah, Rashawn Holmes just got traded to the Sun. They're opening space and roster spots, so I don't know what moves they're going to make. But it's either that or I have a nice offer in- to go back to France. And a won a Euro Cup team. So I'm in the tour of that. You know, the next couple of days, I'll make my decision. But right now, I'm just,
1: you know, just, just waiting on that. Okay. And that, if you if you decided on the G League route, that would be with this new Blue Coats team, the Delaware Blue Coats. is that correct?
5: Yeah, which is ideal because my house is about 35, 35 minutes from Delaware. So, I mean,
1: that's, that be, that's the goal. Yeah, dude, that's that's awesome. That would be great. I mean it's it's an interesting situation that you're in because you gotta balance right, you know, time and location and the risk of earning less now for potentially more later. Um, no, that's that's amazing. I think if there were any team that you could be around, I mean obviously Golden State's great and you know, hell Toronto has just changed a lot and Boston's great here in the east, but The Sixers are a pretty amazing program to be a part of right now. And I went to, like, one game, and we've kind of revolved this podcast around the Sixers. I mean, uh, it seems like it's a really cool organization to be a part of. So, um, yeah, I think you're in a really good spot, man. That's awesome. Uh, so yeah, well, Isaiah, I don't want to take you away. I know you're going to grab lunch right here. I don't want to keep you any longer. Um, yeah, you look great. I saw a your game the other day. Your hair is long. What the hell, man? You don't, they don't have haircuts and... Oh, that's the me. I um, don't, don't have many barbershop close to you, so <laughs> yeah. why I figured not would have to grow
5: my hair out. Uh, it's easier to maintain... Well, dude, I I know,
1: man. It, it sounds funny, but like you got to be able to get a good haircut, you know. So <laughs> it's the little
5: things you miss out on overseas that
1: you don't realize until you you don't have it. I, I I feel you, man. Sometimes you just need like some good Panera bread and and a good haircut. Well, exactly. I say, you know, dude. Well, you know what? I I wish you the best. Of course, you know the brotherly love sports podcast is a big fan of yours. Uh, You know, we'll be following you, and uh, I I think, you still play chess at all? I know you play chess. Do you play anymore? Of course. (laughs) Of course? Of course. All right. All right. Well, I know you and our our teammate Papa now like playing a lot, so that's cool, man. That was a fun fact I had about you. I don't have any fun facts about you, so... No, I'm not uh, that much. I'm not that in Just
5: you know, I play video games. I know. Play chess.
1: I know. I know. He's not that interesting, everybody. So there you go. <laughs> so, nice. We'll we'll tell you. Mention your dad. Give your dad my best and your family, Isaiah. Um, and yeah, dude, you're the man. Wishing you the best. All right. All right, man. Thanks so much. All right, Isaiah. Take it easy. All right, bro. Gents,
0: that was sick. Thanks, man, Chris, I uh, one one thing that stood out to me, and I want to hear what you think about this. When we talk about NBA guys, like listen to NBA radio, this or that, they throw out salaries and and got you know what I mean and trades and it's so like uh, distant, you know what I'm saying? It's like, oh this guy signed for two million, this guy 42 million. I think it's cool to talk with a guy who says like, I can make this much or I can go this. So I feel like it brought uh, you know those kinds of things home. Don't you guys think like we can lose that perspective? You know, pretty easily by just talking. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of cool. It so was great insight. But
4: out. what's what's interesting is he first he first of all broke the Rashawn Holmes new to you prior to it <laughs> actually coming out. So you could have been a dickhead and released it to the public and got us Twitter famous. But, uh, yes, but I guess, but you know. you took the friendship over Twitter fame. So good job, Eggy. The other thing that was interesting I think that was public knowledge. Not at that time. I don't think it was. I, yeah, I don't know. But the other interesting know. thing that happened since that interview is it's been announced, at least via Twitter, that Isaiah Miles is going over to Europe to play.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so it's crazy how fast that shit happens. Because he was – so I didn't even so, – so you're telling me that right now I wasn't even aware of that because he had an opportunity to go to training camp with the Bluecoats or whatever in Delaware. Yeah. It could be a good opportunity. I was giving him a hard time because his hair was long. But he, he was cracking up. He was like, I can't get a good haircut in Turkey. And I was like, yeah, probably. <laughs> you know, I think there's those little things that you, it's like, do you do you take the, the chance to play here locally and maybe get a 45-day contract? Or do you just go overseas? So I guess he chose the latter. I don't know. Where
2: in Europe did he go? I'm not sure.
0: At the time that I spoke to him, there was an Italian team you. that was looking at
4: him. Yeah, I think, I think that may be.
0: Okay. They were very interested in him. So um, the Sixers Summer League, I guess, proved to be an up-and-down thing, kind of like their summer has been. They started out losing a few games in a row, but they beat the Suns, and then they beat another team and wound up losing to the Grizzlies, I believe, in the quarterfinals of the of the playoffs out in Vegas. Uh, thoughts on, on that? We talked about FERC. I was happy I got his name right when I say that Furkan Korkmaz. He yeah. averaged about 16 a game. He had a lot of he had a lot of good games. Um, I guess Isaiah would not be with them, but it seemed like uh, you know other guys did well. What were your thoughts on on where they're at? Uh,
2: so summer league basketball is pretty brutal to watch. Sometimes it's pretty it's pretty <laughs> ugly. Um, you got a bunch of guys who've never really played together. Everyone's trying to get their own, but then also be a good teammate. Um, you've got some more experienced players like Josh Hart who've been in the league, so they have a little bit of leg up. Um, so it's very interesting. Uh, my takeaways: uh, obviously, the team seemed to like Jonah Bolden enough to sign him to a contract, which is one of the a reasons. A four-year deal. Yeah, which is one of the reasons why Rashawn Holmes is gone. Yeah. and then, he's gone
4: for cash considerations. Yes, which is ridiculous in my opinion. Yeah, he's what gone. That, mean? that means they gave us some. Um, I think a million dollars.
2: So the Suns didn't give us a person. No. They
4: gave us money. Yeah, I believe
2: so, yeah. Um, I thought Zaire Smith. Uh, it's kind of tough to watch uh, him in this setting because I think his biggest strengths are cutting off the ball, offensive rebound, defense, kind of like the little things that are difficult to show when you have a very non-cohesive unit on the floor. But <coughs> in multiple, multiple games, he curled off of screens and or one-dribble pull-ups. Threes that I thought was very promising. The stroke looks good. He knocked down some threes. He looks confident in shooting the ball. So he's not going to be having to create off the dribble, really. All he's going to have to do is knock down corner threes. So, and I just watching him shoot the ball, and same with Korkman's as well, those are two guys who I think are going to fit really nicely next to Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid and at least have a chance to contribute this year. Well, yep. that's
4: the other thing that with that interview that was interesting is he was critical. Isaiah was critical of Zaire. He questioned his abilities and spoke up Shamit's jump shot, which was good to hear. Yeah,
0: Yeah, and I, I, I mean I don't know if he was like like critical in the sense that like this guy can't play. It was more of like looking at a guy, you know, across the across the way on the court. You see a kid, it's like, you know, he's a few years younger, you're a competitor, you're looking at him and you could be like, oh okay, maybe he's not as ready, I, I don't know. It seemed to a kind of affirm what a lot of people were saying about him, that he wasn't going to be a
2: guy that would be ready to go right away. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It could don't, be interesting. I don't know. I just saw like a couple. Do you he, think he could be ready? I think he's going to be. I, think, I mean, not major I minutes, but I own. think he's going to, you know, like in, on the second unit, I think he's going to contribute. I mean, he just had a couple. I mean, I just look for one or two plays from like these guys that is like a, a skill, a transferable skill to be an NBA starter, and he just had a couple pull-ups off the dribble, knock down threes, and moves in transition that, are just, that you can see him being a a solid NBA player. But um, it was a bummer Shaman got injured. I would have liked to see him play a yeah, little, a I, little bit more. I,
0: these are exhibitions, right? So they don't mean anything, and, and it's like guys sometimes running around with their heads cut off. <laughs> but... At the same time, like, it's, it's, it's grown into something really cool because from a coaching perspective, a lot of coaches are getting opportunities to, to head their teams. Yep. So they're going to go really deeply into game planning, I'm sure. And then I think it's really cool because you have 15 guys who, best case scenario, are going to have six games at about 20 minutes a pop to show everything that they can just so they can try to realize their dreams from 18, 20 years in the making. I mean, that's pretty fucking like yeah, chips awesome. out on the table, man. And where else but in Vegas, baby? Oh, you know. So it was a pretty. I think. I think for how much the the NBA has invested in the summer league, it's a pretty fascinating thing.
2: Yeah, it's 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 amazing. and at the end of the day, like I just feel like you can't get bogged down in like the sheer number of players that are out there and like looking at the Sixers and how they're going to improve next year. We already have our core group, so we just need like a little bit of contribution from these guys. It's not like they need to do much. The biggest person that we didn't see at summer league is Markel Fultz, who we did see,
4: but he was sitting, not in basketball clothes. But I'm surprised. There. I'm not
0: surprised he didn't play.
4: Yeah, I'm yeah. not
2: surprised either. I didn't think he was going
4: to play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't expect I him. think it's a good thing he didn't. He should stay out of the public eye for like, a bit, get he his was, jump
0: shot. But he likes he, – he's too cool, man. Yeah. He's too cool. Like he, he He's like – I think he was hanging with Amir Johnson. Yeah. He, you know, he was just like taking like some photos, doing like the, you know, the hands in front of his crotch with like the, the, the chin like cocked up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eyes looking down. I'm like, bro, you – Come on,
4: man. Go away. <laughs> well, the, the, other, the other thing that happened with the Sixers is Professor Big Shots isn't coming to the team anymore. It, what happened? He said he was going to play in Europe, and then he, what, signed with <laughs> People got mad we couldn't pronounce his name, Bielinka. so he
0: fucking left.
4: Bielinka. Wait, who did he uh, – Bielitsa. 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 So, so can you guys run, run me through this? I was in Canada – didn't get I the was news. Br- I was breaking stories to Ian. That's rare. That's rare.
2: I was breaking stories to Ian. Uh, Isn't that great? The Sixers were gonna bring him in on a on a one year deal, and he was like, "I don't want to play on a one year deal. It's tough for my family. I'm always gonna do what's best for my family." When really he just, I mean, he did want a longer deal. So he was he was just gonna say he was gonna stay in Europe and play, and then the Kings, I guess, signed him to a three year like twenty million dollar deal. But we quickly replaced him with uh, Mike Moscala. Uh, from the Hawks, just your traditional stretch four-five, you know, run with the second unit. Not the sexiest addition, but the person whose name I keep on searching on my Twitter to see if it comes up is the former uh, Philadelphia 76er Kyle Korver. Dude, if they've, we been pull, float, yeah. they've been floating his name around, and we haven't really hit in free agency yet this year, but if we could bring in Kyle Korver. That's. I mean, I know it's not as sexy as the big names, but that's a be big, great. big... That p- would be
0: the one positive.
2: They've had, they, they've had a bad offseason, man. That would be great. they had a bad summer. If they could
4: get rid of Elmer Fudd, Jared it was, Bayless... Hey, it was
0: for Bayless, right? In that's Dude,
4: what a great exchange. <laughs> that would be. I feel like we'd have to give a draft pick, though. I don't know if they'd do it one for one. What do you think?
2: Um, yeah, we might have to give them something. But, I mean, if we can give them a second rounder, who cares? Dude, but, we
4: have so many picks and not enough room for these young players to come actually play we got to yeah, trade this that summer. lineup
2: no that lineup looks nice though if you could go Simmons and Embiid obviously they're on the floor Redick Covington and Corver I mean that is I mean you're talking liabilities you you on up.
4: defense though with that lineup. yeah
2: uh but I think I think Embiid is that great of a defensive anchor that he and same with Simmons I think he's great and and Covington
4: Covington's supposed to be our uh, defensive. Guy. So that, yeah. I mean, defensive that's, so. But I'm saying Covington. you got
2: Covington, Reddick, and Corver, and you just run a high screen and roll with Embiid and Ben Simmons. Shit, damn! With the shooters oh, yeah. right there, that's that's game over. Yeah. I mean, he would be so huge, consummate professional, has hit yeah. big shots in the playoffs, hit big, won a championship great hair, really strong <laughs> jaw and brow. He's just he's, handsome. he's a handsome dude. Could he and Reddick, but cuz that's on offense. Could
0: yeah. he and Reddick be on the same floor
2: defensively would yeah. be tough. That would be you tough. Yeah,
0: cuz cuz they're trying to beat Boston. They're it's already true. picking on Reddick, pick on both of them. But but let's can I stick with this for a second? I want to see see what you guys think really about like the Sixers offseason right now. Cuz if we look at it, this has just been like fucking Taking it in the chin, man. They, you know, with Kalangelo leaving and then the whole that I think just almost as perception wise with Kalangio lose it, leaving, that whole owner the owner saying like we had a chance with LeBron just in retrospect, I thought it made him look pathetic. So the Sixers, they were like a lot of transactions. I, I don't know. So what are your guys' thoughts? I, I to me it seems like it's not
4: a very positive uh, summer that they're having. I'm gonna give them a D. They lost to Ursan and Belly, two of our big time Acquisition late in the year. I'm going to give them a D with this offseason. Chris. What do you think?
2: Um, I'm going to give them a, a C plus. Um, they re-signed Reddick, which was a, one of their main priorities. They missed on the big time guys, which I understand. It's, that's tough. They brought in Wilson Chandler, who is uh, who's been an NBA starter for many years. So at least that's like another mm-hmm. person. Muscala can play, obviously not a sexy pick either. So that's why I'm giving them the C plus. Not great, not terrible, because they did keep Reddick. Um, it was just very, it was just like a, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. It's not exciting. Good it's points,
0: just, because you know what they should be doing? They should be stepping outside of this bullshit conversation and the hypotheticals and the, the conjecture. Like, oh, will Kawhi come here? Because you know what it does when he goes to Toronto? It makes them look back. Yeah. It makes them look like they didn't do anything, like Wilson Chandler didn't come, like they're not actually maybe going to get somebody in Kyle Korver or re-sign another guy. It makes yeah. them seem like they're still down with their pants. And you know like you know who I, uh,
4: got an A-plus for their offseason? The, the who? Joel Embiid. He adds to his offseason dunking on civilians today <laughs> with a nice <laughs> stare down right after. It was awesome. It's a video going viral. Where was down.
0: he this time? He was at yeah, right. the, uh, near the Whole Foods on South Street, those courts. I know.
4: So he, yeah, it, he threw
0: it off a guy's face and then <laughs> did a fucking windmill.
2: And also, and also the nature of our team and the youth of all of our top players, you can have a positive off-season by just staying put and not doing Why? anything yeah, stupid. Like,
0: exactly. Why do they not, need to insert saying. themselves was too in bad. the dial?
2: That's what I'm saying. Like, we're going to have a good off-season as long as everyone progresses. Like yeah. if Markel Fultz is a player, if Simmons gets better and B gets better, Sarge, like that's a great off season in itself. Yeah, they but end the we're season. We're that young. We right? can just constantly get better.
0: So think they they're, they end the season. You know, they lose maybe a little earlier than we could have yeah. expected and wanted. What if they did nothing? You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. What if they did nothing except re-sign the guys, maybe get rid of some of the guys on the fringes like they're doing? Yep. And then they head into the into training camp with that core group of guys. It's the same fucking team. They add some people, it's like, okay, let's do this.
2: Yeah. And I you hate know? to always come back to that. A little fucker Markel Fultz. but he is the biggest wild card in the league right now. He is literally like an unknown an unknown asset. Like we he's 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 a complete wild card. He could what if he comes out and Turns into the combo guard that we need, and he's creating, and he's knocking down pull up jumpers. He's the missing piece. I want
0: to know why he felt why he stopped playing. Why did he stop playing in the playoffs? Because it seemed like it was something different than just rotational stuff. Yeah, you know, because if where did they who did they defer to Bellinelli and Eliasova? So why would you defer to two guys that you knew? They probably knew those guys weren't even going to be there.
4: One of two. Now they don't play that guy in the minutes that matter. I don't think they, why. I don't think they played him because his jump shot wasn't where the Sixers needed to be. He was making be. plays. Yeah.
0: He didn't. He didn't need to shoot. Ben Simmons didn't shoot a fucking jump shot the whole series. That's my Boston. point. You
4: well, already great. had Ben Simmons a non-shooter. You need a guard that can shoot. He
0: need, shouldn't have been completely out of the rotation. Though.
4: I agree. But he's yeah. immature, obviously. So what do you, you guys know? think it was? Why was he not playing?
2: He's immature. I, th- I think they were just worried about him having like a catastrophically like, embarrassing game where he's airballing shots and just shattering his confidence. So I think they just put him on ice, which is kind of a pussy move. But that's kind of, that was, that's what I can get. That's what I, my, they thought the moment was too big for him.
0: Go with your veterans. Yeah, you I, have guys I think that they have just, been
2: there. I think they just thought the moment was too big for him. And like they just didn't want to. I mean, if he already had a case of the yips... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. don't <laughs> put him, that's If only Brad right.
0: Stevens had said that to Jason Tatum. Jesus Christ, man, yeah, that's right. that's unbelievable.
4: So, boys, uh, I was out in Canada, like you guys know, for this family vacation, and we got in off the lake. We were having our beverages, uh, sitting in our tiny cabin, newly renovated though, and it's the we have the only TV pretty much. I in, thought you were going to go to Canada.
2: In the whole camp. um yeah, I couldn't go. I had a little thing called work. <laughs> you know, yeah. that yeah, that <laughs> thing that uh, they pay me for uh, bi-weekly that keeps the lights on. I'm <laughs> sorry, you know.
4: Anyways, I was sitting in my cabin and we have like their local news on and breaking news, Kawhi Leonard traded to the Raptors. <laughs> and it was great to get the Canadian perspective because they were interviewing fans right after that around town. And they were all pissed. They were like, (laughs) DeRozan is the kind of guy that would stay in Toronto for his whole career. He is Raptor basketball saying these type of things. They are not confident that Kawhi will stay with the team after a year. Dude, so it was funny. Were dude. those
0: interviews in like Tim Hortons with everyone just being? Like, <laughs> they were
4: actually on the street in Toronto.
0: Yeah. You ever been to a Tim Hortons? No. It's, great. it's like <laughs> <the> <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts.
2: Exactly. Exactly. The, the Dunkin' Donuts of Canada. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, they had them in Buffalo. So <laughs> yeah, when I was yeah, up there, my first, go. my first thought when I saw that
2: trade is you just, you just gotta love pop. You know, quite like, oh, yeah, yeah, I really want to go to L.A. Uh, I want to go somewhere warm. Uh, I'm going to L.A. Uh, go fuck yourself. Enjoy Canada for a year. So you send him to literally Sends him to, literally, going, sends him to literally one of the three coldest places <laughs> in the entire NBA. <laughs> A guy who is from California, went to school in San Diego, played in San Antonio, now enjoy that uh, winter in Toronto. Winter and is coming for you. Clyde. So I mean, I don't. I personally, personally, I think this is the Raptors' way of kind of tanking for the future, but not making it seem like they're tanking. Getting rid of DeRozan's contract. Um, no way Kawhi... Kawhi it's, I would be shocked if Kawhi Leonard stays there.
0: Yeah, does he play for them this year? He's going to play. He'll play for I
2: him. think he'll play, yeah. but I don't think he's going to be there next year. So essentially, you got rid of DeRozan's contract. Lowry, I think, only has a couple more years on his. And you've maybe got a pick as well from the Spurs. And eventually, you're just going to... I, th- I just I just see the Raptors kind of hitting the reset button a little but bit.
0: But before that reset button, you have a year they're gonna to be play. Good. Yeah, you they're have, have be a good. year to play. And I think they're not just going to be good. They're a 59, team te- 59 win team with pretty much the same coaching staff. You know, I think yeah. it's nuts that they fire Casey still. But you replace
4: your best player with an apparently even better player. This becomes more interesting to me if they could keep DeRozan and still add Kawhi. They'd be a team to really reckon with. They'd be the. If Kawhi Kawhi
0: plays, they're top team in the East.
4: Well, probably still, but I'm just saying they had a better chance of beating a team like the Warriors if they kept DeRozan and somehow landed Kawhi. But you're right, they're still probably the favorite in the East. Kawhi has already taken pictures. He's in Toronto, so that's a sign that he will probably play if he's already.
2: you like them better than the Celtics?
4: Probably 1-2 right there. One, two I do. Now
0: I do. Well, I didn't. When we ranked this team, we thought, you know, they were like four or something. But, I mean, how can you. If, if Kawhi Leonard is the player that people are saying that he is, two years ago, right? Yeah. If he is that kind of player, if you're thinking of that team, man, they have a hell of a lineup. That's a small, fast team that I think can beat a Boston team at their own game. I but, think I would put Boston over them.
2: Because if you're going to say if Kawhi is what he is, well. If Kyrie Irving and if Gordon Hayward are what they are, I just think that team is significantly better than the Raptors.
4: Yeah, I'm going to go Celtics, Warren, Raptors too. But like, like I, I said, we're if...
2: dead even with the Raptors. I would put us as 2A and 2B.
4: Yeah. Eggy mentioned the Kawhi trade and his shit that happened in 60 seconds, so let's go into that real quick. Now it's time for the shit that has happened in 60 seconds. Here we go.
0: In the NBA, a busy week of trades and signings came to a close, highlighted by the blockbuster swap of Kawhi Leonard landing in Toronto in exchange for DeMar DeRozan. San Antonio also receives Jakob Purtle, while Danny Green goes north with Leonard. The 76ers continue to shake up their roster. Former Hawks big man Mike Muscala joins the squad, and guards Justin Anderson and Timothy Lawalo Cabarro were released in the three-team trade featuring budding has-been Carmelo Anthony. Additionally, Rashawn Holmes was traded to the Suns to make space for prospect Jonah Bolden, and Nemanja Bielitza got pissed nobody in Philly could pronounce his name, so he decided to take his talents to Sacramento instead. NFL. The national anthem controversy continues to stir, as the Miami Dolphins' ownership decreed all those protesting could be subject to multi-game suspensions for their non-standing during the anthem. In response, the league suspended the controversial policy temporarily to allow for constructive dialogue on the issue. Golf, the final day of the Open Championship, is highlighted by the sports heavyweights as 24-year-old Jordan Spieth is tied for first and a fellow named Tiger Woods lurks right behind, seeking his 15th major. He's tied for seventh after shooting his first weekend round in the 60s at the Open since 2007. Finally, in hockey, the Anaheim Ducks are saying that the quack attack is back, Jack, as they reveal new alternate jerseys featuring the beloved Mighty Ducks logo. And the ESPYs continue to be a mostly irrelevant sports awards show that saw Danica Patrick make poor jokes and more than 20 men wear designer sunglasses in a dark, air-conditioned room. Though, the great Alexander Ovechkin was named Male Athlete of the Year. Let's go Caps. This has been The Shit That Happened in 60 Seconds.
4: Alright, thank you, great job. You know, Tiger just crushed it today. It's yeah. cool.
0: Well, update from that. I had recorded that at like, what time is it? It's Sunday at 3.30. I recorded that at like 11.30 today. The Open Championship is done. Jordan Spieth did not win. No. Um, Molinari? Yes.
2: Yeah, so, uh, I'll, set, I'll set the stage for you. It was played at uh, the famous uh, Carnoustie venue. Um, The leaders, there was a group of players that started the day off at uh, 9-under, including uh, Jordan Spieth, uh, Kevin Kisner, a young dude named Xander. What was um, his last name? It was he some, had a funky last name. Funky last yeah, name. Yeah, and his yeah. first name is Xander. We'll call him Xander. His parents definitely have a house in Vale that he get, got the party at <laughs> all, all the time. But uh, so Spieth, yes. so Speeth was also at nine under. Uh, they all they all fell apart. So there was really good scoring the first three rounds because the wind wasn't really blowing. But on all these links type courses, once that wind starts blowing, it's a completely different completely different course. So Tiger after ten holes. Was alone atop the leaderboard at seven under, Wow. playing phenomenally. Today, he, today, Holy he was fun. leading a major on the back <laughs> nine for the first time in ten years. Which wow! On ha- Sunday, on Sunday, playing out of his mind, and then he just had two hiccups, and that's all it took. He had a, he double bogeyed on a hole. He <sighs> drove it. His dr- drive was a little errant. Then his second shot, he was in the high rough right next to. Right next to the green, there was a bunker in front of it. He tried to play a flop shot out of the rough over the bunker. It fell short, rolled back down the hill, so then he had to chip back up, and then he two-putted for a double bogey. Uh, so, so he had two double bogey. So he double bogeyed to drop him oh. to minus five, and then the next hole he three-putted and bogeyed to drop him to minus four. And his playing partner, the Italian Francisco Malinari, didn't bogey the entire round, didn't bogey... On Saturday's round, either. So 36 straight holes, no couple birdies at the end of the uh, round to give himself a two under for the day, minus eight to claim the Open Championship as the first Italian to ever win a major. So wow. that
0: guy fucking not only won with that, but he stared down the best
2: player. Dude, he was doing he it. He was literally a machine all day long. He literally wow. just par, 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 just sinking every seven foot putt, 7 foot par, 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 and just kind of the whole field was all over the place, and he was just steady Eddie, and then he just made two pars on, the, I mean two birdies on the back nine, which gave him the win. But I mean, McIlroy was in at minus six, Justin Rose was in at minus six, uh, Spieth was right there, all the big names. It was a crazy. At one point, there was ten people within two shots of the of the lead, on the back nine. I just think
0: wild. that's I think that's crazy because like uh, the big thing that I always like hearing about Tiger when he was really in his prime and going to get championships it wasn't just him playing it was the how people were reacting around him yep. his his competitors were so intimidated and reluctant to try to like you know because golf is such a fucking head game oh, yeah. I mean his presence I think that's crazy
2: that he did that as his playing partner no it's that's interesting cool. no it's interesting so he has 14 majors he's never come from behind to win a major all of his 14 majors, he was either in the lead or a share of the lead. So it's kind of – that's impressive in yeah. its own right because he's never collapsed. Like he's never – Spieth – Spieth's a great golfer, but he has multiple tournaments now where he's completely shit the bed on the final day and lost the lead. Mm. If Tiger has a share of the lead, he's never lost a major. But it's, yeah, but he's also never come from behind. So it was a really – really, uh, I mean I can't wait to see – I'm going to look it up tomorrow or uh, Tuesday. I want to see what the ratings were for this tournament because I'm guaranteed they were – Colossal compared man. to you they know past tournaments, things. but um, it was great to see Tiger. I mean, I was it, it, my number one thing in sports because since the Eagles just won a Super Bowl, outside of Philly, like the Sixers winning a Super Bowl, I mean, I'm sorry, NBA title would be to watch Tiger Woods win another major. I would just, really? I would just lose my mind. It'd be, I think he's the, uh, I think he's one of the most recognizable people in all sports.
0: Is he the most important person to a specific sport? In sports today, like it, like think of all the sports professionally. If that person is in that prime position to be successful, is is he the best guy to do that for that sport? Yeah. I feel like he might be. He might be. You I, could
2: say like I, Messi if Messi was in a World Cup. Messi or, yeah, or Ronaldo, Ronaldo maybe there. And then yeah. LeBron. LeBron, LeBron I think of. It's become too commonplace. He's like so dominant now. LeBron like, was never
0: as transcendent as Tiger was, though. Either, and and I think like I see LeBron as like. All throughout culture. But there was something about Tiger Woods that I see that's similar to Michael Jordan. He not only like was culture, but he helped define it. And I don't know. To me, it's like yeah, Tiger, he, even in his like shadow of himself days right now, he's still like,
4: if yeah. he was there, he would be so much more above LeBron. But I yeah. don't know. So I golfed for the first time in like two years in Canada. And yeah. I have so much respect for professional golfers because it is the hardest <laughs> fucking sport ever <laughs> It's They're, a frustrating. It, it's, it's insane
2: it's it's yeah. unbelievable and the other thing too like that's tough to with tiger is it's difficult just to win a major for anyone, but he's getting older now like yeah. not that many people over the age of forty ever win a major right. so now it's almost a battle against time and there's certain courses like augusta and um and like some some of the places where they play the u s open where he just doesn't have the power. Like he used to be the longest driver on tour. That's no longer the case. He can still hit the ball, but he can't hit it like a Dustin Johnson, like a Brooks Kepka, like a Rory McIlroy. So that's the part of his game that he can't just lean on. So it just really it's difficult as a 42 year old, 43 year old to make the putts and have the consistent iron play to really challenge for a major. But. He he was right there. He was right there. He's cool. It was it was pretty epic. Any more any more majors for the year? Um yeah, I think they have the uh, they, they have the, the, PGA, the PGA championship. PGA championship. Isn't still, that in August or something? Yeah, the PGA, right? yeah, PGA I think is the last one of the, okay. of the year. Yep. World, the, oh sorry. Gents, let's move
4: on to what we usually call beers for the boys. We're going to call it today beers for the girls. How about that? <laughs> Chris and I just looked at each other <laughs> quizzically. Beers for the girls. Number one, my niece Maggie. She gave me a nice birthday call a couple days ago.
2: There's no way she called you. She, can't even, she, say, speak, goo and goo she
4: can't even speak. What did she say? Goo goo gaga. She can't even operate a phone. <laughs> yeah, my brother Brian called me. Maggie was on it's FaceTime. It's all cute. It's a lie. So beers for the girls. Maggie, I love you.
0: Well, that's nice. That's well, a nice one. And here's mine. I want you guys to look at this picture and tell me what you think, man. It's pretty cool, huh? Like so from that from that shit that happened this week in NHL, the Anaheim Ducks. Thank God, man, they're finally reading between the lines. That they, they're doing something that people care about. They're bringing out those jerseys, man. I think that's cool. To tell. That's awesome. They look pretty sharp. Those are sick. Quack Attack is
2: back, Jack. Quack Attack is back. Chris, so. who you got? So I already just, you know, blew him for the last ten minutes. Tiger Woods. I love, I love it. He's, I just he's, – he's, You know I think he's also getting back into Tiger Woods mode? I'm pretty sure he's dating a hostess now at his restaurant uh, in uh, Jupiter, Florida. So he's getting back into the swing of things. He needs to be banging hostesses, you know. That's, that's, that's when Tiger's at his best. I agree. And, dude, does he need to have a conversation with J.M.? He needs to shave. He he needs to, he needs to go clean. God, man, he takes that hat off at the end of the round. It is looking oh, really? patchy. Like. Where is
0: Jam? Where is his going clean segment? He did, does one. I don't know, man. And He sputters through it and doesn't return, man.
2: Is
4: that is that the kind of guy? Is that the character JM has? He just
0: I know. Like what the hell? He shaves his beard. He, his head looks tinier than normal because he shaved his beard. He lost a pretty
4: good. He amount of lost weight. weight. He's looking he's, good.
0: He's, he's looking slight and and good. I don't know, man. Yeah. So he, he was we were at the Phillies game the other day, Chris. It was how's that? It was long. It was, long
4: was and it was boring. Cool. No it, <laughs> it was, there, was, there I, was sixteen run score. That, I mean that's an exciting baseball game. It, Phillies won eleven to five. I got
0: ice cream in a in a
2: helmet cup. Now let me ask you this. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Did you were you there for the first pitch? Like yes. the first pitch of the game thrown out? Yes. Yeah. And we were, were you there we were. for the final out? No. I would love to see a breakdown. I need to take a poll. Of all the baseball games anyone's ever attended in their life, how, what percentage of people have seen the, say for the first pitch they're there for the first at bat and they're there for the final out? I, I, would say, say, I would say I would say it is a startlingly small percentage. Probably Thirty thousand
0: people at that game the other day. Yeah. How many were there think? for the first? Yeah.
2: Whereas an Eagles game, less than a quarter. Eagles game. Everyone's there for kickoff. Hell yeah! And everyone's staying through the fourth quarter. Well, you know what it
0: is. The, the, even though NFL games they're long as hell, yeah. but at least they're timed. At yeah. least you have some semblance of knowing when the game's going to end. When it's, I looked at the time. It was seven forty-eight, Chris. Yeah. It was an inning and a half through the game. The game had started at seven. That's a long time. Philly's, that's Philly's a long a time t- for an inning.
4: Phillies had a terrible first inning with a yeah. lot of errors. Yeah, yeah. Padre scored four runs. They got it was yeah. so long, Chris. Like it was the longest inning I think I've ever experienced. Yeah.
0: And then the Phillies got six in the second. They want to yeah. win that game, right? Yep, eleven to five. We're one to win that game. But yeah,
2: so. it's exciting stuff in the world of uh, Philadelphia sports. Yeah, yeah. so uh, that's about that's all I all I got. Yeah, know? let's wrap this up. What do you guys have going this week? Um, I'm going to cook a large piece of salmon tonight. Mm. Um, I ate uh, like a heathen uh, yesterday. Uh, had a late night red Baron pizza mm. to myself, mm. which you probably don't need to eat the entire pizza, but really burnt my mouth too. The top of my mouth, there's yeah. that's one of the hottest things in the world. It's not quite as hot as hot chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> But, 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 but the, the scalding cheese <laughs> and the hot <laughs> and the, and the hot sauce hot underneath air it. Air oh sauce, yeah. my god! Like and you're just trying to be patient and wait, but you're you like, can't. it should be good, it should be, good. and you just you just burn your mouth every single fucking yeah. time.
0: No, I, I hear you. I, I crushed a pint of ice cream last night. Nice. I, what flavor? Tonight dough. What? <laughs> the, What's the, that? The tonight dough. It's oh. a Ben and Jerry's flavor. Oh nice! I like that. <laughs> it's got Jimmy Fallon on it.
2: Chris, oh, we playing know. tennis after this? Yeah, Ian and I are about to go play tennis. Um, he tells me he's not very good, so uh, hopefully it's worth my time. I don't want to be out there with an amateur, but uh, you know, if I can get his skills up to where he's an acceptable <laughs> opponent, it'll be worth it. You know what? New hobbies are great, Chris. I'm excited
0: yeah. to get out there. You guys yeah. let me know. I'll bring my racket. We can play triples. We should play doubles. That'd be fun. Hey, Peter Vignoni,
2: he's doubles. he's always down to uh, knock some balls around. Sweet. Oh, this is fun. No, I appreciate
0: it. Thanks again to Isaiah
2: Miles for coming yes. on.
0: Isaiah, we wish you the best. This is uh, it was great for us to have him. So,
4: yep. And I'd like to thank Shay for coming on the cast. Shay, you're the best dog in the whole world. <laughs> so, all right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Take care.
3: Peace. Today I missed my workout, but it worked out. Now I'm missing work now, but it worked out had to buy a crib for I my first house Had my first kid, I love how she turned out I love how she turned up, even if I'm burnt out I'ma have so many seeds, I could have a burnt house I'ma love only mama, I hope it work out I hope it work out Luckily, my ex ugly I don't eat so she can't get no lunch with me I don't reach so she can't get in touch with me Can't be buds with me, don't know what to be She gon' cuss at me Told her give it a rest so I keep custody Keep it all side eyes and side hugs with me I know that my girl's trust is a luxury I don't want my next album sounding all ushery But I must confess, I must confess For every single ex I want the best I really wish you nothing but success I know it's gonna work out Doesn't it get dark Right before the sun peaks And bears his face And doesn't it get so hard to breathe But it's gonna work out It's gonna work out there's nothing left to give, there's nothing left to say. When no one says they're wrong, or sets the record straight. But it's gonna work out, it's out. That shit might hurt now, but I'm with her now. Don't need closure now. Just keep the shirt now. Sorry, you were led to believe. Bunch of different stories that was never to be. No, you isn't ugly, I just said it to be. Funny, we both know that you look better than me. Sorry, I started running when you ran into me. I'm just trying to be the kind of man I'ma be. And I'm getting better, gotta hand it to me. See, no, always work out when you ran into me. I miss my workout, but it worked out. Now I'm missing work now, but it works out. Had to buy a crib, my first house, had my first kid. I love how she turned out. I love how she turned out. Even if I'm burnt out, I'ma have so many seeds. I can have a bird i am love on my mama. I hope it work out. I hope it work out. I believe. in this love, God that's above, one that's so strong, can't let y'all head out Yeah, y'all in a rush, you all in a rush. We all gonna meet up in the up, in the upper room. If I run into him, I'll be run running soon. We could rerun the show, we could rebump into him. If we read the wrong one, we could re jump the broom. If we Run, run, baby, we jumped the broom I'm ready to be groomed I'm ready to assume The position is filled I was red since the womb I was not made for this This was made for me And it's gonna work out Today I miss my workout But it worked out Now I'm missing work now But it worked out Had to buy a crib for I bought my first house Had my first kid I love how she turned out I love how she turned up Even if I'm burnt out I'ma have so many C's I could have a birdhouse I'ma love on a mama oh. I hope it'll be out I hope it'll be out